the laws of Shabbat because in honor of our soldiers that are sacrificing so much and um, one of the most common laws uh, of Shabbat that comes up all the time is borer. Now, how do we know, to, to, to give a little bit preference, anything that was necessary, labor that was necessary to do to serve God during the week in the tabernacle, in the Mishkan, is the 39 Malachot. Now, how, why was um, sorting and selecting one of the 39 Malachot? Do you know how? Because when they wanted to make bread, right, challah, why do we have challah every Shabbat? Because that was one of the most precious things they would offer for God, and a miracle happened, it would stay fresh. So to to create flour, before selecting, you had to smash it, right, make kernels of grain, into, which is, perhaps we'll talk about that another time. But then you need to thresh it. After threshing it, you need to winnow it, which means you throw it up and then the wind helps separate it. But when, when once it hits the floor... What, 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 how did that work? You threw it in the air? And yeah, that's the malacha of... The, the sixth malacha on Shabbos. Actually, it's funny. The seventh malacha and the 39 is borer. Can I get Shabbat? Could be that's why it's the most... By the way, Everybody should learn the halachot. When I was in Kola, it almost took us a month to learn the halachot. And we were learning it four hours a day. With all its... Halachot Shabbat? Yeah. Only a month? No, only the malacha borer. Oh, this... One malacha, okay. I you yeah, Lakewood has a chabur of five years it takes. Wow. I'm just saying, this one malacha took more than a month. It was like, we were on it. Yeah, you could spend two months on just the malacha of borer, selecting on Shabbat, and... Bishu, because it has a ton of halachas, many details. But what I'm trying to say is, how do we extrapolate? Why is this forbidden from Torah law, like touching fire? You know why? Because in order to create flour to cook the challah, which was one of the offerings we would put in front of God in the holies, right in the kodesh, and then that we would, after a week of it being in front of a God in the Shulchan, then we would give it to the Kohanim and it would still stay fresh, right? In order to make that, when you would smash the wheat and winnow it, on the floor there would be some small pebbles and undesirable stuff that even a thing, you couldn't even use a um, a sieve, you understand? To, to get it uh, white flour because they would they would it would be the most precious and high quality flour that obviously used for uh, in the house of God. So let me read for you: these pebbles could not be separated by winnowing because they were too heavy to be carried by the wind. Nor was a sieve practical practical for this purpose. So the pebbles and debris, maybe the you know some leaves and other natural debris would be sorted and removed from hand out of the grit, out of the flour. The stuff that was made going to be flour. That's why this process is called the malacha, the prohibited action on Shabbat of borer. What is the definition of borer? Any form of selecting from or sorting 
an assorted mixture or combination can be borer. And that's what the Taz says. A lot of people don't realize. Some people think borer is only in organic things. But if you have like a whole pile of ties, like I don't even wear my ties anymore during the week, but I have I like 300. So if it's like a whole mixture where, by the way, my Rebbe was teaching us Min Chaschinach. Um, you know, one of the most important things people forget about borer is there has to be a mixture. If things like these... If there's five items that are, if you look at it from even a few feet away, you see that they're they're not intertwined, right? They're not a mixture because each one of them is a few inches away from each other. You're not going to have a. It's the the labor of the the for, forbidden act of borer of selecting and sorting is not applied because first it has to be a mixture. So what's the whole? Because any, this is considered labor, right? Labor is not lifting your couch, right? 39 things on Shabbat, the two most common ones is cooking, and perhaps we could talk more about that. And another one is selecting. These are by far, um, Baruch Hashem, I get, had the great zakhut to learn in depth the laws of Shabbat, three years in Kula. But by, by far they have the, the most common, if you don't know the details of it, that could come by that you could transgress Shabbat and not keep it, and also the laws of selecting. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is that um, there's a, in order to select something, something has to be mishkabobble, then there's like, a, it's considered labor on Shabbat to try to, right? Like we said, the classical case is that you've winnowed and smashed and tried to create flour, but now on the threshing floor, there's small pebbles, so you have to go meticulously because you don't want to break your teeth when you eat the challah, right? Right? Especially, um, we don't want to give al tiftach pella satan loro right? So the, the the issue over here, very simply, is is though. But if see in that classical case, the stuff is all mishka bobbled and it's hard labor. But if stuff are spread out, right? And already, even from five feet away, you could discern that they're not a mixture. You understand? The, these laws would not apply. You understand what I'm trying to say? If they're not connected or not mixture. So here's... So that's what the Taz says, by the way. That borer doesn't only apply by food or stuff that is organically grown on from the... But even... even uh, Items that are not alive or organic, if they get mixed up and it's a whole labor to try to separate them out, like ties or spoons, spoons and forks, right? Well, that's above the letter, the scope of our share today, because we want to do one specific thing. Since Rabbi Mansur talked about a halacha that Rabbi Vadia argues on one of the other common posts, Kim, but, um, so again, this includes the removing of undesired objects that are not organic or matter from a mixture or a combination. Here are common examples of borer. Removing spoiled cherries from a bowl of cherries. Removing, let's say you're allergic, God forbid, to peanuts. And you know how those, those uh, a lot of times when you go to the store, the nut mix has peanuts in it. So, removing unwanted peanuts from a jar of mixed nuts. Because, 
whenever you, the malacha of borer is based on something that's desirable and undesirable, right? And we're going to give you the magic three ways of, there's a permissible way of doing borer on Shabbat where beyad, miyad, ochel mitoch besolet, but you also have to understand it's objective, this malacha, which means, yes, Nuts, like peanuts, just because you're allergic to them doesn't mean it's garbage. But since you, for you it's a labor, for you it's undesirable. So on Shabbat, the permissible way of taking the nuts is go go for the cashews, go for the almonds and just leave, right? It's also a uh, moral lesson on Shabbat. On Shabbat, we focus on the light and the good. You don't separate out the bad. But what I'm trying to say objectively, whatever you don't want, for whatever reason, because you don't like the taste of, becomes what? Pesolet, which is the undesirable. What's forbidden on Shabbat is separating the undesirable, like we said in the classic malacha, right? Like taking out the pebbles from the from the flower, right? So, for example, so moving, uh, removing peanuts because you don't either you're allergic to them or you don't like the taste from a bowl of nuts. Straining impurities from liquids. Um, and uh, here happens to be the Sephardim regarding um, peeling an apple and stuff. We Sephardic actually are more lenient when we hold there really is no borer when something is organically part of one. Just like you're allowed to peel the skin of an orange because it's unedible or you don't want it. Um... But the classical, so when are we allowed to do borer? The golden rule is, there's two ideas that permit us to, to, to do sorting and selecting on Shabbat. What is that? First of all, rule number one is we have to do it biyad. You know what biyad means? Which means on Shabbat, it's mukseh. It's even forbidden to touch, just like you're not allowed to touch matches or a pen or a, or a cigar. A malacha, which, a sieve, right? What's the classical thing? Like, you know where gold people, people look on the river for gold, right? I think, cause people really don't have sieves in their house so much, unless in Israel more they have infestation of, you know, worms in their, you know, different baking products like flour, but, for, rule number one is if you want to, on Shabbat, benefit from something, but it's a mixture, rule number one is you're never allowed to use a specific item that's made for separating. Because then it's um, like a sieve. So you have to do it with your hand. Now, Rav Avadi Yosef says, hand doesn't literally mean hand, the poskim say, and Rav Avadia, of course, is one of the, the king of all Sephardic poskim, the prince of Talmud. Um, Rav Avadia says that, uh, Moshe also writes about this, all the poskim do, that hand doesn't mean liter- literally, because people used to only eat with their hand. But nowadays, right, uh, etiquette d- dictates that we use a fork and spoon. 
So whenever you're allowed to use your hand to separate the good from the bad, you're also you're also allowed to use a fork or a spoon or a knife. You understand? But what's absolutely forbidden is on Shabbat we have to store away and not even touch um, a utensil that is made specifically to like a sieve. You understand? The second permissible way, and I'll explain to you, there's the Tshuva Sarashba that explains why these three will permit you to do. It's not necessarily a loophole, but okay, so number one is you do it with your hand, you don't use a instrument that's created to separate good and bad, like a sieve. Mm-hmm. The Yad. Miyad is, you have to do, use it for uh, immediate consumption, right? So let's say you want to peel an orange. You're not allowed to peel an orange 8 a.m. on Shabbat to eat it at six, 4, 4 or 6 p.m. for Saudah Shalishi, right? If you're separating the good from the bad, you should use it. Now that's a whole other shear we could do for another time. What What's considered immediate use. But I'll right. tell you one thing. Let's say you have a, inshallah, you have a Brit Milah in your house or a Shabbat Arusi or a big bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Even if you start separating, peeling the oranges or the fruits or whatever, separating in the permissible way, mm-hmm. that's that's considered immediate because immediate is by the time the, the guests come to your house, mm-hmm. you want to have your table ready. Mm-hmm. But some posts can say a half an hour, the ma- usually some say 15 minutes, but you should try to guesstimate and estimate that Within the uh, half an hour to 15 minutes, so that that shows that you're not doing any labor, right? You're you're doing it to, to use it for immediate consumption. And I'll explain yeah. to you why the Rashba says all this. Is. And the third, most golden rule that would allow you, these are the three, under these three conditions, you're allowed to separate the good from the bad, is you have to take the good, which means if you have like that case we have, if you have a whole bowl of cherries, you're not allowed to go nitpick all the rotten ones and throw them away. Right? What you do is, right, you just take the ones that are juicy and desirable and you eat those, right? On Shabbat it would be forbidden to, to take away. Now why, what's this, why is this, um, cause us to be able to do borer on Shabbat, because the Rashba explains, Hashem never forbade you to eat food. So the common way people eat food is they peel their orange, right? So since that's why if you take the good from the bad, that's not considered like you're doing labor on Shabbat, right? Because even during the week, it's very convenient and easy for to do what? Take the good. Yeah. And it's not a professional job when you when you're not using a um, a sieve, right? So, just to review for the last time, the um, if you don't use a specific professional instrument that's made to separate and select, and first condition one, and you take the good from the bad, the good from the bad means what's desirable and undesirable, right? And you do it immediate for immediate consumption. Hashem doesn't, that's not considered borah. That's not considered selecting, right? 
Because that's considered derech achila. That's like, just like Hashem allowed you to enjoy Shabbat and, you know, eat. Just like the Ben Yishchai brings, the post can bring, the Gleital brings. Just like in your mouth there's no tochen. One of the things that's also to do on Shabbat, like cooking and selecting good from bad, mm. bad, what's forbidden is selecting bad from good, is also like grinding, right? You're not allowed to like, they, in order to make, cause, in order to make flour, but in your mouth, you grind the food. That's called Derech Achila, right? That's, yeah. Hashem understands that we're mere, mere morals. So, there's a fascinating machloket. Now, I said, uh, it was brought to my attention online, one of my congregants, a shout out to him, Ethan Munessa, which I'm so proud of, became a great mentor and he's in yeshiva. He brought to my attention, he was reading online, one of our great, one of probably one of the greatest uh, leaders in our Sephardic community in the United States that I really envy the amount of Torah he um, spread. But with all due respect, since Rav Avadi doesn't concur with his halachic conclusion, that's why I wanted to talk about this one specific case where, let's say you have a cluster of grapes. So there's a great posek that they said he would have been the next Rav Avadia Yosef, but he died very young, Rav Moshe Levi. He wrote many, many halachic books, and he was a great, great, outstanding uh, Rosh Hashiva and Posek in Bnei Brak, for the Sephardim of Bnei Brak. His name was Moshe Levi. He says a very outrageous chidush, which Rav Avadia does not like at all, and we're going to s- explain why uh, we shouldn't be... Leaning that way, because it could be it's a Isurdoraita. So that's what I when somebody brought this to my attention, I said, Listen, with all due respect to Rabbi Moshe Levi, which I've read his books and he's a genius and he's great, but Rabbi Vadi is definitely the king of Sparta Kalacha, and if Rabbi Vadi says we should stay away from it, it's definitely something that we should stay away. Now what's the case that Rabbi Moshe Levi and Rabbi Vadi argue? So we're the Shear is based right now on um Ravavadya's great halachic work, Chazanavadya, volume 4, chapter of Borer, halacha 3. Let's say you have a cluster of grapes, and some of the grapes are rotten. You know, grapes are probably one of the most common, I love grapes, but a lot of times, you know, especially if they're not in season and 100%, they start going bad. So Ravavadya says it's absolutely forbidden but let's say you have a guest, so you want to present it in a nice way. So are you allowed to go ahead and from the cluster of grapes that you put, take out the undesirable ones and throw those away, according to what I taught you? No. Because you, you're only allowed to take the good ones you like and put them in your mouth. You're not allowed to refine it and select and sort out the bad ones. That is the prohibition of what? Borer, which is like cooking on Shabbat and turning on fire. Now, Rav Moshe Levi says an outrageous chidush in his book, Menuchat Ava, chapter 7, page um, 331, he says that um, he says, for sure, okay, if it's for sure moldy one, one, then he would agree. But he says, let's say some of them are starting to go bad, right? You know, there's different stages in the grapes rotting, right? So he says, the ones that are undesirable, he is very lenient. He says, it's okay. 
to take those out, throw them away, and just leave the nice ones. So you're in front of your guests and your Shabbat guest, it looks honorable, the fruit fruit platter that you present. And he, even he says, of course, this is for immediate consumption, right? That was the second rule. Biyad, miyad, ochal mitoch psolis. So Ravavadya says this is not correct at all. Because he says, just like in every case, the, um, now, now, and I'll, I'll read it verbatim, <coughs> so I shouldn't miss it. He says, um, he says, I beg to differ with this lenient psak of Rav Moshe Levi. When did, when did Rav Moshe Levi come with this halakha? How long ago? This is like tw- uh, 30 years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. So it's been some time. Yeah, it's been some time. He says, Mishum, because he says, it's going against one of our cardinal rules, Rav He says, always on Shabbat, if you want to select something in a pers- per- permissible way, right? We just said this 10 times. You always have to take the what? The good from the bad, not the bad from the good. Right, the good from the bad. And here you're taking the undesirable ones that are starting to rot. And this is how the Shulchan Aruch says, and it's forbidden, even if you want to do it immediately, because you need to meet all three conditions. And you've, you, the, the last condition of taking good from bad, you've, you've violated mm-hmm. in this case. So he says, he says, Ramavadi goes as far as to say, he says, if the ones, the grapes, are totally disgusting and nobody would eat it, then you're doing Isr Torah. So what is Rabbi Moshe Levi saying? And he says, even if you want to say, if you're really hungry and you really love grapes, you wouldn't take some of these undesirable grapes. Um, they're standard, you know, there's grade A, B, and C. They're like grade C. They're starting to become, you know how they start becoming mushy and like, they start getting like, um, so he says, even that, Normal people throw them away. Now you personally are not disgusted by them and would take them because you're not such a picky person. But even then, if the Ramagan Abraham says it's Asudarabana, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, um, at worst, it's an Isur Torah. At best, it's rabbinically Asur because still it's undesirable. Most people don't want grapes that are beginning to rot, right? Especially now, Baruch Hashem. We're not living like hundreds of years ago where people were poor, dirt poor, right? So he says, even what Rabbi Moshe Levi says, that even in the honor of Shabbat and your guests, that it shouldn't look disgusting, he said, what, I mean, what you could do is take all the good ones and make a fruit platter with, you know, mm-hmm. but don't, but, 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 but he says also, he argues that, uh, there's all, the, there's other parts the Shevet Levi says, since, there's the cluster of grapes is attached by the grapevine, you know. That causes it to be one entity. Ravavadya rejects that also. So, um, the, uh, and he brings that Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach in Shemir Shabbos Kelchasa, the classic Ashkenazi book also says it's, this is a case of Borer, right? Just because they're on one cluster, it wouldn't help. And a great Sephardic posik, the Rav Zavichi also goes to town. On Rav, Rabbi um, Moshe Levi's psak, and he says that uh, it's 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 forbidden, right? Because again, we always have to accommodate and like a checklist in our head, go through the three conditions. 
But this, you're not meeting the last condition of taking the good from the bad. You're taking the bad out. So, um, you know, you're paying with fire. With all due respect to Rabbi Mansur. Um, what does Rabbi Mansur go like? No, Rabbi Mansur in his daily halacha on his website, he, he quotes Rabbi Moshe Levi. But I would you know, beg to differ. Because Swissel Shabbat is, especially if it's a very rotten grape, then you're dealing with Yisur Torah. Why would you want to, I mean... Yeah, Doraisa. Yeah, Doraisa. And also, I just want to let you know, after learning in Kola three years the laws of Shabbat, and still, uh, I, I, I just, you know, believe that, um, I'm not a, a big expert on it. You should know, the Shulchan Aruch always, when it comes to Shabbat, is very sensitive. And he goes very machmir, you know, especially when it comes to Torah law. So, you know, Rav Avadi and the Sephardic post can, whenever it's a rabbinical is they're fine. But if it's, since in this case, it, potentially people are not sophisticated enough, they're not Tamidei Chacham, they could come to Isur Torah for sure, we should uh, discourage them from following Rav Moshe Levi and we should definitely advocate the, you know. But how about peeling a fruit? So this, we you could... See, but let's say a lot of times, like, you know, on a pear or an apple, there's some, like, black, have you seen, like, there's an overripe spot? Mm-hmm. That, that you're allowed to, 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 even if it's like an inch by an inch, if, as long as you want to eat the, cut up the apple and eat it away, that, that Ravavadya argues is okay. Why? Because that's exactly like peeling a fruit. So just like the, 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 the peel is undesirable, now this black spot is undesirable. Ah, you're taking the bad from the good. See, some poskim are machmir. You know, by the way, another way permissible, if you don't want to get into the problem of borer, is if, let's say half of a, let's say one-fourth of a fruit is rotten. So if you cut up a half of it, that everybody would agree it's mutar. Because even that the... The half that you throw away, because it's undesirable, half of it is good, right? Because only one-fourth of it. But Ravavadya says you don't have to be so machmir. Mm. If you have a, a brown or, or undesirable spot on the outside of an apple or pear, just like you're allowed to peel a fruit, as long as you want to consume it um, immediately, that brown and black spot would be equal to what? Killing the fruit, and as long as you do it right away, it would be mitar. May Hashem help us to keep Shabbat. There's so many miracles happening for our soldiers, and uh, Shabbat has a very, very strong connection to Mashiach and to protecting us. As it says, when I keep Shabbat, Hashem protects me. Amen.